Eric. No, over here by the speaker. Eric. No, not that Eric. The other Eric. Hey, little Eric. Little Eric V. Little Eric. Yeah, in the speaker. Look at the look at the radio. Yeah, I'm in the radio. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide, and this episode is dedicated to little Eric V. How you doing, buddy? I hear you're listening out there, and you really enjoy when I say, Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. So I'm saying that for you. Now, I just got a confession to make. I just freaking killed like half this podcast. I I was reading stuff from my phone, damn thing, fat fingered it, and it, and it popped onto my keyboard, stopped it, you know, the podcast recording, right? The, the technology is like mind blown, drives me nuts, right? So it, it, it stops it. So I'm like, oh shit, it stopped the podcast. Well, then I go and start it back up, but it didn't reset it to where I left off. It was actually went back to like the middle of the podcast and started overwriting itself while I'm recording this whole thing. So I was like halfway through this entire episode and it got completely screwed up because my phone hit the damn space bar, stopped it and then jumped my cursor over to another spot because I was trying to pick up, put down, pick up, put down. What a pain in the ass technology. Um, you know, I hate it but oh i want to do a quick shout out uh i had a note in here uh eric v man he he listens he's a young kid new up and coming new shooter potential there and so um i wanted to do a quick shout out to him all right so let me see what do we got going on here let me go back i gotta start all over again i don't even know where i left off like i said i was halfway done at least with this podcast when it got completely fucked up drives me completely nuts um uh, we did all that. So I'm going to go. There was some good questions on the Podbean app. You guys have been outstanding putting some uh, uh, stuff with that Podbean app. So I want to read that because there was a couple questions that were sort of timely that we answered online versus uh, within the app. So I want to kind of go with that. Uh, so where are we? Um, here we go. So MP2Day. MP2Day. Frank, I'm a total newbie, but I'm digging the podcast. I really like to shoot, but have never tried PRS. Um, I really want to get into it, and I'm using the podcast to learn what I need to learn. Thanks. Fortunately, I live close to Mile High, and for those guys, have been great, too. I spend all day yesterday there trying to figure out what I want to start for equipment. Still up in the air on glass, big time. Hope you have some fun teaching the class this week. I plan to be in a future class. All right, MP2 Day. You're in Colorado, right? You got Pawnee's uh, matches up there on the weekend. There's the 22 matches at Green Mill. You can go down to Fort Carson and you can shoot the PRS style one day. Get your feet wet with the one day matches. If you want to dip your toe into this pond, go to the one day matches. Now, I don't know where your budgets are, what's going on, you know, how much money, what, what are you looking at? A Bagara over there? You're looking at an Accuracy International? We just had in our class a uh, guy with a, one of the new ASR deployment kits. Kick-ass rifle, man. They're really nice looking. And I want to say, a shout out with this ASR kit. Okay, so we have this student in there, Scott, and he's got the complete kit. Well, they sold him the Thunder Beast 338 with the quick release, the new, I don't know what they call it. I'm sorry, Thunder Beast guys. I don't know your nomenclature or whatever. I will just say the ASR Thunder Beast 338 Ultra Quick 
new version is the quietest damn suppressor I have ever heard. I don't care what caliber out of it you're shooting. We had he was shooting uh, six or three hundred eight and three thirty eight out of it at the class. This guy Scott. Um, we took him out to a mile, the whole thing. After I did the podcast with Ted, and I'll talk more about Ted's podcast in a little bit. But holy cow, all anybody could talk about was how damn quiet that 338 suppressor from Thunderbeast is. Even stepped down to 308. That thing was like completely air safe, quiet as shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Thunderbeast is the platinum standard for precision rifle suppressor okay i don't we end full stop whatever you want to put an exclamation point on it thunder beast thunder beast thunder beast now they go one step further do this 338 with the new lockup mechanism the whole asr thing on the asr rifle from accuracy international holy cow that thing was good but um i don't know where you're at there mp today uh, as far as that, but look into local events, look into local matches, dip your toe. You're going to learn a ton in one day without spending the money. Yeah, you're probably going to tank a lot of stages, but go there and take it as a training evolution. Go there and basically take notes. Look at the stage and what they're asking you to do. Look at what you do to engage those targets and then when you mess it all up like you're gonna do then go back and right when it's fresh in your mind hey man i did this wrong this wrong this wrong i had a problem just keep a a little notebook there's only like 10 stages in a one day local match you're keeping 10 notes okay and and it's probably going to be a page you could bullet point it you know, but th- definitely do a local. Um, otherwise, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what you're looking at for glass. Otherwise, I'd tell you, but you didn't say. Um, Hypertext, only podcast for me. Hypertext might be Bruno. If it is Bruno, glad to see you on. I really appreciate it. And then, okay, Cornerstone Armory. This was the question that I wanted to get to with you guys because I just answered this today on Sniper's Hide. Um, I'm busy putting the book together for Gun Digest. I'm going through back and forth. I'm pulling everything in together. I got Marine Corps stories mixed in with precision rifle training. So I'm I in my mind, I'm 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 getting down into this now. You know, I'm almost at the end and all and, and I'm looking at it. I'm going, wow, is this really the right way of doing it now? In my head, it sounded really great that I'm gonna um Tell a little piece of a Marine Corps story, then talk precision rifle. Then tell another little piece of Marine Corps story, talk precision rifle. And that's how the book's written right now. And yeah, I just don't know if that splits it up and distracts. But at the same time, I kind of like it, the idea of it, because it's not just a boring A, B, C, D, E, F, G kind of deal. It's more like A, B, C, oh, C is for candy and Halloween's coming up and I love candy. Let me tell you a candy story with me and the fuzz right here. But anyway, let me get the Cornerstone Armory's, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, question, because this is a good question. Okay, Frank, talk to me about scope mounting height. All right, and, and this is this has been coming up a lot. I've searched on the hide for the info and can't really find any up-to-date info about it, about the subject. It seems like the old theories that say to mount it as low as possible while still clearing the barrel or rail. Why is this? Okay, so 
Um, we have chassis change, uh, have chassis changed the theory on mounting scopes that low? No, chassis didn't change it. So anyway, here's the question. Let me kind of boil this down because he wrote it a couple different ways. The, the, the thought was mount the scope as physically low as possible, as close to the barrel as you get it, right? So that's what the thinking was. And that's what everybody strived to do back in the day. Well, that's a hunting thing. Okay, and you have to look at stocks. Stocks were not made to have a very good adjustable cheek piece. Most of the time you're using an HTG McMillan HTG stock, the hunting stock, the one on the M40A1. Okay, now those rings weren't mounted, even though it had a small objective on it, it wasn't mounted very low. But at the same time, you did not have an adjustable cheek piece on old rifles. You're going to just pick up the rifle, put it in the shoulder, put your cheek on it, and then eyeball it. And what it was for was hunters, point blank range, and what they don't, they're holding, right? Oh, I'm going to hold two inches over the deer's back because they don't want the mechanical offset. Mechanical offset. If anybody out there ever shot a carbine, right? You know if you kick in a door with a carbine and you want to shoot a guy in the nose, you're going to aim in his forehead because you have to look at the mechanical offset, the height of the scope over the line of the bore. It's why, like, you know, there's stories about police officers running out of their car, running up to a fight, and then they go and they take, uh, you know, they aim in at the shooter. They got an active shooter going on. They're running over. They're popped up behind a, a jersey barrier or something to that, and they go... There he is. I got him. They shoot and then hit the barrier right in front of him, right? Just like that. So they're going to hit, they, they hit that because they don't account for the mechanical offset. So mounting the scope as low as possible was a hunting thing because they didn't, they're using a point blank range and they don't want to hold over and they don't want that disconnect between the scope and their barrel. Well, now Chassis are part of that. Number one, we have monolithic rails, right? We have to clear that rail up front. Night vision and stuff. You need 1.5 inches for night vision and, and to mount and get behind that. So as long as you have an adjustable cheek, so that way it gets your head aligned behind the scope correctly, the height does not matter because we're going to put that sight height into software and hit targets at long range. Okay, where it has an effect and it's something we don't do that often is mechanical offset. Your shots inside 100 yards and in fact, more like inside 72 yards. Okay, so if you're shooting inside roughly 72 yards, well, then you have to start taking mechanical offset into account. This is why hunters wanted the scope slammed down low. And if you remember... Leopold made a scope that had the, the like a curved lens, you know what I mean? A cutout in the bottom of the lens and it wrapped almost around part of the barrel because they wanted it that low for the hunter class. We're not doing that. We don't have to worry about it. The old wives tale of mounting it as low as possible is no longer valid. Now, you don't want to crank it so high that your cheek like we had in the class, we had um the, the couple from England just recently, their scope was mounted so high because they had a, a Tika Tac A1 and they took it out of the Tika chassis 
and put it into one of those GSR stocks, okay? And But they left the Tika TAC-A1 barreled action in place and the Tika rail on the TAC-A1 because of the handguard, the monolithic part of it, that rail is really tall. Then on top of that, they put a set of tall rings and the cheek piece could no longer allow you to get behind the scope because it didn't go high enough. So you have to balance that height to make sure your your head and cheeks in line. You want your head straight, okay? You don't want to roll it over. You want to be comfortable behind the rifle. Um, one of the things we talk about is getting up on your elbows, getting higher and all that. And, and I mention this all the time. We got Eric V out there, eight-year-old kid, right? He's listening. Well, he probably lays on the floor to watch TV or to play with a computer or something, iPad. Well, when he does that, he's going to put his hands in his, or his uh, chin in his hands and he's going to have his elbows up tall and he's using bone support. You, when, when the little kids are laying on the floor and they got their hands under their chin, they're using bone support. They're not muscling their head up straight. They're holding their head up with their forearm bone. That's why they get it straight in a line. We don't have to teach kids that. They just do it all by themselves, right? So that's why you want your head up and erect and you don't want to roll it over. So the height thing is not a big a deal as it used to be. So don't sweat it. Get a reasonable height. Get a reasonable amount of clearance. I remember we used to have to notch and cut and play with um, like guys, their Tenebrex or Butler Creeks. They were mounting their scopes so low they were barely fitting a dollar bill between it. Okay, yeah, you don't have to do that, man. You can go up a little bit. Quarter inch, half an inch isn't going to hurt anything. And in fact, it'll probably, you could fit some stuff to get the Mirage away from your scope if you put a Mirage band in there. Um, And again, it's clearance for monolithic rails. It's for night vision. There's all kinds of reasons why you don't want to slam a scope down low. But I hope that answers the question. It goes back to hunting, not tactical shooting. And then um, MXFRNN9. Frank, uh, a walking, talking reference book on the proper form and very entertaining, except the singing. I'm a fanboy. I hear you, dude. My singing sucks. I get it. I, I, I look at it this way. I got a brightly colored board in front of me. There's there's like an orange, a, like a peach, a yellow, a apple green, a, 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 a seafoam blue, a navy blue, a purple, a pink lights. I got green. I got red. I got bars going up and down. I got a microphone right in front of me and three feet away is a guitar. It's like screaming for me to play rock star and I suck at it. But it makes me laugh. It make, it, it, I, I just, it's an inside joke and the inside part is in my brain. So I have to do it. Um, so that's it, man. So you guys got to suffer, uh, me being silly and singing once in a while, depending on what mood I'm in. All right. KCH, what do we got here? Hey Frank, just for laughs, uh, you should do a podcast with the ARS guys. By the way, are you planning on a six millimeter gay tiger build? Now, I the ARS guys did another podcast. You can go talk to them. None of those guys like me. We don't get along. Um, they, they they started out poking fun at me, and I basically just said, leave me out of their games. You know, there has to be a certain mutual respect for the comedy to work. And when there isn't that mutual respect, the comedy's not there. And 
I get it where they're coming from. They probably get it where I'm coming from. We we are we are not going to get along. So listen to the NRL podcast if you want to hear the ARS guys. As far as the Gay Tiger build, if they come out with factory ammo, I will probably go that route. But the way I see it, it's just a six uh, six millimeter by forty seven. So you could build a six by forty seven and, and and be good with it. But I'm happy with six millimeter Creed more in that six. I I have a six BR too. Um, two of them, in fact, and I got cases of ammo downstairs, but I'm not as big a six millimeter fan. I do see the merit with it. I just had the, um, I had my, uh, gap gun, the defiant with the left hand gain twist, uh, six millimeter Creedmoor that George built me when I got back into PRS years ago. This was before six millimeter Creedmoor even came out, but they built this and had the hand loads for it. Well, I had broke the bolt stop on it and never fixed it. I finally fixed it. I dropped it into the JP chassis and I'm doing all that stuff and shooting it. So I dabble in six millimeter, but I like six five better. Um, and, and yeah, I'm just not going to play with the ARS guys. I mean, I get it. It'd probably be pretty damn funny and, and, and all that. But like I said, that for me, the comedy don't work when there isn't a mutual respect. So it, it is, 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 Though they, they may hit on a, a silly thing once in a while, it's really just fucking locker room humor. And, and yeah, it doesn't take much to figure it out. Anyway, um, Brian Marks, what do you got going on? Hey, thanks for answering the question, Frank. Uh, where the fuck is Mike? Where is Mike? He's with Rio. Uh, um, Her name is Rio. Hungry Like the Wolf's a good one, too. I dig that one. All right, so what do we got going on? Um, I'm looking forward to somewhat of a review on the Brownell scope. It looks pretty cool. I want to know if it tracks true. Uh, it's similar to the new Atheline minus TAC 34mm tube, around $800. Bucks. Uh, I bet they're all the same scope, just different branding. Yes, um, a lot of these uh, scopes are OEM. They all come from Light Optical. They're all made from the same people. I have the Brownells box and scope actually sitting right here, and I could read you the side of the box if I didn't already. And just uh, to clarify with the Brownells match precision optic, I went with the 3 to 18 model and not the 5 to 25 because the 3 to 18 had more elevation. When you go into uh magnification when you start upping it you know like the 8 to 42 scopes back in the day they don't have a lot of elevation because getting that magnification ratio takes away from your elevation adjustments how much moa within the system you have to travel right and you know night force has done a really good job but like the 7 to 35 to put 100 uh, moa back in You'll see other scopes like the Zero Compromise and the Vortex go to the 36 millimeter tubes so they, they could put it back. But the um, the the Brownells is not a bad looking scope for the money. So what we got here is premium optics made in Japan. Yes, anything coming out of Japan is coming out of the same places, uh, no doubt. Precision front focal plane, non-obscuring milling reticle, N-O-M-R, non-obscuring milling reticle. And it, it's... I, it's not a bad reticle. It's not a perfect reticle. It's, it's, it's got some thicker lines in there that I, I have to use before I can tell how I like it. But um, it's not a bad reticle at all for uh, um, coming out of the gate. It's resettable zero, zero stops and parallax. So it's got um, 
It, it, it reset the turret. It's got a zero stop and parallax adjustment. It's got a capped windage knob to prevent accidental adjustment. It's shockproof, waterproof, and fogproof. The shockproof thing's pretty funny, man. They got like these vibration things. They stick scopes in, just blah, 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 vibrate all day and do craziness. You know? Yeah, just like this. They come rumbling. And then it includes a throw lever, sunshade, lens cover, and lens cloth. So this Brownells optic, to me, is looking like a pretty decent bang for a buck, but you are correct. We're going to have to tall target test it and see what it does once we put them into the fixture. All right. Uh, Ryan Bowers, Jesus. For what it's worth, I read the descriptions of the podcast while I listen, so uh, effort trying to type it. Yeah, so I'd ask you guys if you actually read what I write in the description of the podcast because one of them I just wrote a bunch of nonsense just to see if anybody was paying attention. Uh, and then what else we got here? Ogre Shooter, Ogleby, Oglethorpe, fucking Slapshot. He says, I get it, Frank. MOA is dead. And not to throw salt on your cereal, but is it possible that inch per hundred yard is better a way for Ballistic Solver to calculate if a guy must stay MOA? I'm a mill through and through just thinking out loud for the sake of accuracy. Yeah, it probably would be better if it was inch per 100 yard because then we'd lose that 5% error that gets thrown in all the time. It's sort of still there, but it's not. But inch per 100 yard, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking back and talking with guys on Sniper's Hide and going into some comments. I want to say when I did the first MOA scope and reticle combo for U.S. Optics, okay, I, I think I mentioned the story. I was with John Sr. We were at the Orlando SHOT Show. We were at dinner at a steakhouse. And I said, why aren't we doing MOA, MOA scopes? And we did an inch. I thought we did true MOA. But it turns out we did shooter MOA for that scope. And I didn't like it. It wasn't as intuitive to me as Mills. I mean, if you think about it, when you're dealing with fractions and quarters and the wind calls are are coarser because they're in that one MOA increment where I think working in tents tends to give us a little bit more accuracy and a little bit better. It's it's a weird it's weird because you know the 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 the, the math and the argument is MOA is finer, okay? Because it's quarter minute versus third of an inch. But if you think about it, nobody calls wind in quarter or half. They almost always call it in one MOA increments. But in mills, you're always calling in the tenth. You know, you might bump somebody a quarter here, but you're usually taking bigger swings in adjustment with MOA versus mill. Um, I don't know why that is, but it just happens to work out that way. And um, I don't know. I think MOA should die and just let's let the F class and Bentress guys use it and the people with, you know, adjustable iron sights like Palmer or something. But the rest of us can get go beyond it. Six gunner. I got a six gunner. I'm like that dude on Walking Dead. I'm a six, or fear. I'm a six gunner guy. All right, what do we got? Frank, first, thanks again for taking the time with a podcast. I'm putting together a 224 Valkyrie gas gun. I want either a 20 or 20 inch barrel. My problem is the barrel twist for the heavier bullets. Um, I read I need a one and six. There are also red and one and seven. Will work just fine. Push the bullets fast enough. What's the best all around? Um, here's the deal, man. The problem with the twist rate wasn't a problem with the twist rate in a Valkyrie. The problem with the twist rate was a bad bullet from Federal. We've talked about this. If you're going to go back and look, you have to look 
after federal fixed their load, okay? And I mentioned that having a box of the old federal stuff that didn't work in my bolt action, I could feel when certain rounds didn't chamber correctly. On top of that, I just read today on Sniper's Hide, or yesterday actually, on Sniper's Hide, guys were talking about another federal load, the 75 grain, that wasn't chambering right in their gas guns and things like that. So there's a spec issue in the bullet. Now, they'll all say Hornaday's are working great. The 88s are working great. And they do. I've been shooting the 88s religiously. I've only dabbled in the federal 90s. I've shot a bunch of American Eagle uh, 75s, and those have been working good. But again, just saw the report yesterday where somebody said the federal 75s weren't chambering correctly. I'm not sure. But it's not a twist rate issue. A one in seven works for the heavies. It was a cartridge issue. Okay. So that's been solved. And like for me, my bolt action Valkyrie is a left hand gain twist. The here, you guys, please. The gain twist barrels don't care about your bullet weight. The gain twist barrels work. The gain twist barrels take all the thought out of matching a bullet to a twist rate. Okay? If we can get this through our heads and stop doing the same thing we've always done over and over again because we've always done it that way over and over again, doesn't make it right. You want to eliminate the, the conversation on twist rate? Gain twist it. But the one in sevens work. I would recommend a 22 inch in your gas gun, but a 20 is fine. And even better now, Federal just came out with a new 85.5 grain bullet for the 224. Think about this. You got a really good heavier, not super heavy, heavy-ish 85 grain bullet with a great BC that's that tick lighter so you could push it faster, okay? So you're going to make up those speed differences and the whole thing. I'm loving the Valkyrie. I think the Valkyrie's good. I just read an article uh, a couple days ago with Jim Gilliland. They did a follow-up. What does Jim think of the Valkyrie this far out since he's been shooting it? What's he been doing? What's he think about it? And he still continues to be excited about it. He still likes what he's seeing with the fixes that Federal made to their load. He's seeing better results. Things are working like they're supposed to. I mean, that false start really, really hurt the Valkyrie. And I hate it that it did that. But at the same time, the Valkyrie works. The Valkyrie's viable. And if nobody wants to listen, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it because I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. So anyway, um, 22 one and seven, I think you'll be fine. I'm, I'm actually going to be shooting my JP next week. Uh, Adam from JP called me up like this week, said, hey, my partner for the Team Safari dropped out. Can you come next weekend to New Mexico and shoot it with me? And I said, yeah, I'll bring the Valkyrie and we'll come down and do it. So I'm probably going to shoot Team Safari next week with Adam from JP. And I'll be shooting a 22-inch Valkyrie, um, one and seven, 88s. All right, Mooner, what do we got here? Frank, what do you, uh, what end do you cut on a gain twist? Okay, so now we're going to get back into gain twist with all that. I don't know, dude. I'm not a gunsmith. I don't think they do anything any different than they do. They cut both sides, 
right? You know what I'm saying? It's like they cut both ends. They make it however they want. I don't see them doing any, you know, is it going to change the value a little? Yeah, but any barrel does. So don't sweat the which end do you cut thing. And if you're not sure, consult a real gunsmith, not one who stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. Um, <laughs> P.S. I love when you say fuck you to the trolls. Laugh my last out loud was a combine. You have to ask Mike what a combine is. And yeah, trolls, man, they're out there like the IRS guys. They're trolls. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, you know, no big deal. Uh, Bexu. Uh, is your Altus class in November 2019 or 2020? 2020, dude. We're going to be doing the 2020 stuff. Uh, we're going to be probably going like a back-to-back, like tread-proof to Altus, tread-proof to Altus. Tread-proof is going to be your basic, hardcore, fundamental class. Altus is going to be refresher. Our first day on any class that I do, like day one is almost always identical. They're, they're very, very similar day ones. It's day two and three, which these are going to be three-day classes where you're going to see the variations, okay? Like Treadproof, we're going to have a half a day of Doc Maurer speaking on terminal ballistics. Altus has the connexes, the movers, the obstacles, the PRS events down there. So we can do a heck of a lot more because that place is designed around alternate position shooting, has the scenario-based shooting, has all the stages. It's, it's, it's like on a silver platter. Treadproof is a little bit bare. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the folding table in front of the TV. But, you know, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to make both of them work out really well for you. But 2020. Um, Carlos, another good one already using the Winrose. Can't wait to get the rest of the product. Yeah, and this is where I messed up the last podcast. I went to go put the phone down and jammed it all up. And, and so I was, again, 30 minutes into it and killed it. Rah! So this is a corrected wind speed angle. The stuff Ted put out. Ted put a great podcast out with us. Um, and he put out a, a thread on his charts and graphs. And in fact, I just got two data books, a big and a small one from uh, Tactical Notebook Covers. Tactical notebook cover. So I'm going to be creating a new data book for myself that's going to travel with me. And I'm going to use a lot of Ted's charts and graphs. Now, the nice thing, this people are calling this a wind rose. And what it is, it's it's a no math, no brain, just read it. And it's a wind speed adjustment. Okay, so think about this. You got this circle. And we got, it breaks down 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 miles per hour coming at three or nine o'clock well okay so if i go and i got a wind coming and the wind's coming at me at an angle i take my kestrel i hold it out to the wind and i'm using the lanyard as my wind sock to get the direction correct and i'm reading the full value wind well now i go okay i have a full value wind and it's over here well what i can do is take that full value and say I got a 15 mile an hour wind from three o'clock, but I'm shooting at 12 o'clock and the wind's now coming from 130. Well, that means I'm using 11 miles an hour. And all I have to do is read it. You know, if the wind's coming from seven o'clock and it's 25 miles an hour, well, then I use 13. You know, so there's all the, it's, it's really quick, it's really easy. And that's what we're looking at with these charts and graphs. If you're under time, if you're out in the field, if you're doing these different things, you don't want to be turning on electronics. You don't want to be doing longhand math. You don't want to be manually figuring out the cosine of an angle 
you want a cheat sheet. And the cheat sheet is something that you could put on an arm bar. You could put in a risk commander. You could do all these things and just quickly and easily read it in seconds rather than firing up something or going into a sub menu. And so Ted's charts and graphs are really fantastic. I'm printing them, laminating them, putting them into this book, and I'm creating it along with my impact data book pages. I'm creating sort of a mobile uh, re reference resource so I could take with me to these classes. And, and so that's going to be something that um, I'm looking at with these uh, tactical notebook covers that I grabbed. All right, what do we got going on here? Uh, looking to buy your tripod when it's available. How do we order? It's not my tripod. It's Colorado Tripod Company's tripod, and you would order directly from them. As we mentioned, we shot it. They're working on it. The prototype's coming. Cody from Colorado Tripod Company logged into Sniper's Hide. They're answering questions, but right now, don't ask us what it's going to cost. How is it ready? How much this, that? Let us do our job, man. Let us R&D this thing and make sure when it goes in your hand, you're not beta testing it, okay? You're not gonna because it's that simple and it's that good. It's already working great, but we gave them, you know, three or four solid changes to make before we bring something to you guys. So we're not posting pictures. I got pictures of it. I'm just not posting the pictures of it, but I'm um, looking at it that way. Um, it's good stuff, man, but we'll let you know when it's coming. Don't get, don't get the cart in front of the horses there. Perry, Perry. Hey, Frank, Perry from South Africa. How you doing? Perry from South Africa. Uh, how do I maximize the training from so far away? I'm an everyday sniper and sniper side online training member. I feel like I am not progressing as fast as I would like to, as I don't have someone with your eye. Dude, get a partner. This is a good question. And I don't know. If you get somebody who you watch the videos together and then one watches you while you're watching them, otherwise you got to film it. You got to film what you're doing. I mean, we got our phones, GoPros, things like that. If you look at what you're doing compared to what I'm doing, unfortunately, we do say like the online training does not replace a competent instructor. You need somebody looking over you, but... If you go through the motions, you know what I mean? Get straight and square and then, but look at it. Have somebody help you. You know, just get a buddy that you might be shooting with. I don't care. Let them watch your videos. Even if only one of you paid for it, both of you watch a video, see what I'm doing, see what, pick out what I look like, and then try to match up what you look like to that. Otherwise, ah, you, you just got to get to the US, man, and get in a class, uh, you know, and, and then we can help you on that. But, um, I mean, we try to break these down in multiple ways. We try to look at it from every angle and hopefully you can decipher those angles and say, I should be doing this. I mean, it's just like, think about it. If you're filming your trigger finger for trigger control, you should have that 90 degree finger, your fingernail pointing to nine o'clock when you start and stop the press. Okay. So something you would look at is, does your fingernail curve or move around the trigger shoe? Or is it staying in place? Are you barely perceiving a movement when the trigger breaks? Or are you seeing a big stage movement where your where your trigger finger then curves back and points to seven o'clock? You know, so it's little things that I'm looking at. Are you straight? Are you square? How's the rifle jumping? If it's going that, maybe you gotta bring it inboard a little bit more. Um 
it's it is a lot of little things and I wish I had a better answer for you but my my biggest suggestion is get a friend to help you Ho- you know hopefully that'll work um you're my hero Ted seriously though had a good shooting and BSing with you Rich Rich did a great job so uh aces and eights there thanks Rich for the uh email to Jamie as well that really helps but Ted's definitely a rock star. Did a great job on the podcast. Rich was no slouch either. Shooting an MPA chassis. He had a Savage in the class we didn't have to wrench on. So props to Rich for bringing a Savage and, and you know, keeping our tools away from it. Or keeping it away from our tools. <laughs> Savage just did the thing with MDT. I knew it was coming and, and kind of been laughing at it. The only, like I said, if, if Savage gets that, like the rails right and all it. It's a platform with potential and pairing up with MDT. I think they'll do a really good job with it. But man, it's just funny when you think about, uh, you know, all the times like you got a rifle that'll shoot, good, shoot, good, shoot. Oh, the rail came loose. It's like shoot, good, shoot, good, shoot. Oh, the bolt's not working. It's like shoot, good, shoot, good. Oh, that rail came loose again. It's like, damn, I just tightened it. And and, and Savage will get it. They're paying attention. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm. I'm poking fun at them, but I'm doing it in a positive way because I do think there's a lot of potential there. They just have to put all the pieces together. And this is just another step closer to them doing that. Crowd roars. Hey, Frank, on the app, if your idea works in Excel, would it work with Google Sheets? Yeah, I mean, well... The, the, this stuff all works in hard copy paper. You can print Ted's um, weaponized math with his Google Tri-Dope, you know what I mean? And print it, and, and you don't need anything. Uh, hard copy, this sheet that Ted did is fantastic. Um, it's computerless computer, you know? So um, I would do that, but I'm working on the app. I'm, I got a guy talking about this, putting this weaponized math in, a, in, in an app. And, and so I'm going to have a phone call with him tomorrow, but we've been doing wireframes and mock-ups, so it's probably going to happen. I don't know. We'll see where it goes on. I mean, it's so easy that you don't need it, but at the same time, people want it. So it's like, uh, what do we do? All right, Ragnar375 from the forum here. When will the charts be available? The charts are available now. Ted made a post. So uh, if you go look up at it, Mark's weaponized math, miles per hour gun, all that stuff, it's on it's on the site, and they are posted. Just print them, uh, fold them, laminate them, stick them in your data book. You're done. Uh, the dude's voice, uh, the first everyday sniper employee. I think he's talking about Ted. Um, uh, Jack Mason, Malcolm. I think he's a welcome to the everyday sniper for Eric V. Uh, no, I think he's talking about Ted's voice. Ted, Ted had a, a radio voice. Um, Robot Doc, the three S's, right? He, he's talking about... Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, does he? He goes and says it up here in another thing. I think he's talking about. He, he's talking about Bigfoot. The three S's with Bigfoot. But we'll get up because I know he made another post on it. Uh, what do we got? LPV Mike V. Love the show. My son Eric loves it. Okay, so I'm talking to Eric V. We already talked to you guys. Um, thanks, Mike, and your son Eric. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for doing the podcast, Nick Riley. Thanks, Nick Riley. Uh, DYH63, so glad you talked about the Hornaday Ford off being messed up because last weekend when I went shooting, it was all messed up and I couldn't figure out, so I went back to the hard copy. Yeah, man, Hornaday did an update and messed it up, and people are seeing it. It's funny. Nobody says nothing. Nobody says nothing. Frank mentions it, 
and I got 10 people coming out of the woodwork saying, mine's messed up too. And Ted's hack, Ted did a big post on the hack that he did for it. It is so convoluted, but fuck, it works from 100 to a mile, you know? So if it, if it if it's stupid and works, it's not stupid, right? But man, Hornaday screwed everything up. The wind now has all the flourishes in it. You can't you can't just go to like 90 or 270 and change the wind speed till it reads 0.6 because it's got all this junk in it. You got to go into a sub menu to find the raw data. It's just uh and guys just fought fought to clean up the curve and to get it to match. And it's funny because Rich, who just posted the Aces and Eights guy, he came on Sniper's Hide in the post we made about this, and he said he went online with the same data, okay, same data from Saturday and Sunday. He went online to Hornaday's free online app, plugged in the data, spit out a good solution, goes to his phone, plugs in the same data, completely different solution, and nothing matches up. So they clearly screwed something up, but I don't know. And I'm just, my, my brain is just, I've had enough of software. Hard copy paper, man. You, you can't depend. I mean, Scott with the ASR brought it right because we were all having trouble getting these curves to line up. Like six and out will work, but then six and in don't. Six and in does, and then six and out don't. And it's like, well, how do you use this stuff if a single update makes it unreliable? And he's absolutely right. Paper doesn't change. Uh, what's he say? Rich, Rick, Rick B. Still enjoying the podcast and congrats on over 200 episodes. What are your thoughts on Savage taking your advice and putting the 22s and 10s in MDT? I'm a fan, man. I dig what they're doing. I'm glad they put it in those chassis and, and they paired with MDT. MDT is a monster right now. MDT is out of control in a good way and just taking over this industry from that standpoint. The mags, the sky pods, the chassis, the... All that other, I mean, it's just boom, 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 one after another. Uh, they're, they're just everywhere. All right, all right. Thanks for everything. That's Rick Sales, Alaska ATV. Thank you, Rick. Um, Great podcast. Love the props to the Tikas. I'm a Tika fan, man. Kadex just came out. Oh, dude, I forgot to talk about all this stuff. I'm kind of rattling on forever and ever and ever, and I had shit that I should have talked about in the very beginning. Um, there's a Kadex strike nuke group buy going on in Sniper's Hide right now, and they just came out with a strike nuke that works for the Tika. Okay, the Tika version is like 730, but the Remington version of the strike nuke, and you get $160 in free accessories. You can do the like the night vision bridge package or the bag rider rail package. There's two packages you could sign up for. $599 strike nuke and $160 package with it but they did a Tika one on top of that if you go to Sniper's Hide right now there's a code for prime ammo thanks Sniper's Hide right it's it, you got to go get the code I'm not going to spell it out but prime is offering not only free shipping on a case or more of ammo so if you buy a case or more you get free shipping but if you buy a case or more of ammo they're giving you a hundred rounds of nine millimeter for free for being a sniper's hide member or listener so dude sorry about that i completely spaced out that we had two group buys going on one from kadex strike nuke available 599 tika version right upgrade the tika chest think about this 
you can get an $800 Tika T3X in their stock configuration, drop it in a strike nuke for $730 more. It's less money than the TAC A1. And you got a cool system that'll now take AICS magazines. The key, you get rid of the Tika mag, AICS, cheaper, more reliable, more better. Okay. So if you're, if you're a Tika guy, strike nuke, 730 $160 in free accessories. If you're an LE guy, that strike nuke can come with a night vision package, the, the rail and mod system. So um, definitely worth your while. And the, the, the Tika strike nuke has got a great internal chassis. Big, beefy, supports the rifle. Um, the strike nuke looks a little bit like the old Jay Allen's. Okay, somebody kind of confused them. And said, oh, is this where Jay Allen is now? It's like, no, completely two different things. But anyway, um, group buys on Sniper's Hide in the forum. Equipment. Go see it. Kadex Tika. Call it. Use it. If you use it, we'll get more of it. If you don't use it, we don't get more. So if you need a case of ammo, order it from Prime. If you can use a new chassis, get it from Kadex. You buy once now, more stuff comes down the line later. All right, congrats, Jokers, and thanks. Thanks for the podcast. Thanks for that. Yep. Um, thanks. I read them. Ron G says he reads them. Thanks for the knowledge bombs. And then Robot Doc, the three S's. He's, so he, he expands on it. Shoot, shovel, and shut up. Yeah, he's exactly right. He's like, oh, shoot, shovel it, shut up. Don't tell nobody what just happened. Fuzz knows, but he ain't telling nobody. Fuzz is here waiting to go. He's saying, I hate it here. I hate it. Huh. Here he is, Fuzz. He's like, I'm H man. I'm Fuzz. All right, guys, he's in the mic. Buzz is in the mic. You want to speak? Do you want to say anything? Say woo, woo, woo. Tell him I said woo. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, there he is. He said woo. He's a woo, woo man because he'll speak when we tell him. He says woo, woo, woo. Woo, 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 woo. No, I know. Woo, 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 woo. All right, that's enough out of you. No, no more. Okay, go down. I'll be back in a minute. All right, so I'm going to head out of here. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Eric V, man, thanks for listening, too. Tell your friends at school. Frank's a rock star. All righty. Um, I will talk to you guys later. I'm out of here. Cheers.